0: hey 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 welcome back to the only chip in the cookie podcast i'm your host no wait i am your guy larry from iowa you know i'm not technically hosting you right i mean technically aren't i coming into your home right so you're kind of like hosting me like let's just be friends okay there is no host it's just your guy Larry from Iowa welcome to our official first episode I want to sincerely thank everybody that checked into our first sort of prelude uh intro episode um thank you so much for tuning in and for for giving us a chance um appreciate you guys and uh you know it was, Maybe for some of you guys listening, it was a little bit, you know, tough. Kind of uh, uh, thinking through some of our feelings right now about um, the George Floyd situation and and Black Lives Matter and all that. But uh, you know, hopefully, um, we were able to connect, and and you were able to see that you know a lot of us have the same feelings all throughout the country. So, um, shout out to everybody that had a chance to listen to. That episode, and if you haven't yet, I would encourage you to please uh, uh, find that episode again. It's the only Chip in the Cookie podcast right now. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, several several others. We should be on Apple and the rest of the gang um, within the next few days or so. So, again, if you haven't listened to it, please please check it out. Also, we do have some merch available. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the website yet because I am going to change it later, but I will have a link to it in the description of this episode, so please check it out, and um, we appreciate any support that you guys can all provide to the podcast. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll be well past Juneteenth and Father's Day, but I certainly want to... Uh, give a belated Father's Day to all the dads out there, and also Happy Juneteenth to everyone. Uh, my family we happen to celebrate both. I am a dad, and I'm black, <laughs> so so we uh, we had a good time um, celebrating both uh, both holidays. I didn't see my dad. Uh, he's he's a strict social distancer, and um, Hey, I'm not hating on that. So, uh, but we did have a, you know, we're we're kind of a we're we're a texting family. Um, so, uh, we didn't we didn't hear each other's voices, but we definitely texted a little bit over over Father's Day. Um, I don't have any grandfathers; they've they've both passed on. So, um, what up, brother man and Alfie? I know you guys are watching over me in heaven. So, um, again. Happy related Father's Day to all the dads out there. It's it's uh, super important. So, and I'm not recording from my usual spot. I'm actually recording from my bedroom. And speaking of fathers and kids, if you hear some noises in the background, it's my uh, my crazy family. So here's a here's a fact. My wife and I have five children. So um, yeah. <laughs> um. I want to make a quick note about Juneteenth, um, and you know, I loved it how this year—wow—I've never seen so much support, so much acknowledgement go towards Juneteenth. I'm not gonna lie to you guys and act like I've known about Juneteenth my whole life, because the fact is, um, maybe a, maybe about a year or so prior to that uh, Blackish episode. Um, was the first time that I had ever heard of Juneteenth. And I also just want to point out, I know, um, I mean, no doubt about it, this is definitely an important holiday and we we kind of treat it as if um, it was the true emancipation of slavery, but just so that we don't get it twisted, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation was actually signed in 1863. And what happened was two years later, the army had to free a bunch of slaves that were um, illegally enslaved at this point in Galveston, Galveston Texas. Uh, so the army actually had to had to free them. And those were the last remaining slaves in the United States. That uh, date was June 19th, 1865. Right. So let that sink in for a second. How crazy is that? Right. Slavery is over. it's 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 done you know the unlock the chains and figure something out Uh, not that they had you know much much resources but you know imagine imagine slavery being over and then you are not only working for free for two whole years but also being subjected to everything else that comes with slavery right um so it's crazy so juneteenth is is really a big deal and i'm glad that it's getting more attention. So shout out Juneteenth, shout out Black History. As we all know, Black History is American history. I want to I want to big up the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, they are making a huge impact all over the country, and I specifically want to point out the influence that they're having in my home state of Iowa. Iowa is about is about like how you'd imagine white on white on white on white uh it's a it's a decent sized state but population wise um iowa has about 3.1 million people and of the total state population we have about a four percent black population so but black back to uh black lives matter through their hard work and organizing and efforts they've they've already influenced change change um in our in our capital city of des moines recently an ordinance was was signed to ban racial profiling, um, and that's that's a. Uh, uh, the details of that particular ordinance itself um, are are somewhat controversial. Some feel that um, it's uh, perhaps not not strong enough, not um, not cohesive enough, um, but. I will chalk it up to a step in the right direction, right? But we of course, need to need to do more. Um, but again, I'm, I'm just really impressed by uh, really by the whole by the whole movement. Um, I can't say that I'd ever imagine a day that our Republican governor, Kim Reynolds would actually give the movement the time of day. Um, I know for a fact, I mean, I've seen on Instagram, I, I know for a fact that she's she's resisted uh conversations um and i'm sure she's still being stubborn to a degree um but it's pretty dope to see that she gave the young sisters and brothers of the black lives black lives matter movement her time and uh you know i know in my state and in several states across the country there's there's still a lot more work that needs to be done and so, like I said earlier, we, we just got to keep going. We got to keep fighting. We have to be intentional with, with our words and our actions and what we're doing to uh, dismantle racism and, and racist policies. So, yeah, uh, big up to uh, BLM for sure. They are They are getting it done. Okay, switching gears. So, normally, I fall asleep about 10 minutes into watching movies. I know. It's pretty sad. I just can't hang. I really can't hang. Uh, I'm just not really a movie guy. And you guys are going to kill me for this, but I mean, I haven't even seen Juice, okay? Like, I'm just really not um, much of a movie guy. Not much of a movie buff. Well, I did recently. um, I had a little bit of Netflix and chill action. Uh, I watched Spike Lee's Defy Bloods. On Saturday, uh, the day after Juneteenth, and I actually stayed awake for the whole entire movie. No lie, it is an excellent film, and I'm not going to give anything away. But the show is about four veterans, uh, black black veterans who served together in the Vietnam War. The four soldiers, along with another really awesome soldier that was killed in action, played by Chadwick Boseman. Uh, they they buried a treasure in the middle of the jungle in Vietnam during the war. So now decades later, the men reunite in Vietnam to try to find the treasure. And as the movie goes on, some old wounds begin to reopen. And you can just imagine some of the demons that are floating around in these guys' heads. Um, what I really like about the movie, though, was not only was the storyline unique, and there are plenty of twists and turns in the movie. But like most Spike Lee films, there's a lot of history embedded in the film as well. For instance, you know how brothers, you know, we've been doing the, the DAP, right? Well, um, I had no no idea that DAP was invented by black GIs in Vietnam during the war. Did Did you guys know that? Did you know that DAP is actually an acronym for Dignity and Pride? Again... I had no idea, and uh, man, the the Daps that they have in that movie, I'm like, what? How in the heck do they did, did these guys remember these these handshakes? I mean, these are like those those LeBron James style uh, Daps. Um, so my uh, my Laker fans know what I'm talking about here. I say my Laker fans. I'm actually a Chicago Bulls fan, but I love LeBron, so I'm. I'm I'm really kind of a Laker fan because the Bulls suck. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but uh, but yeah, the movie is dope. There's a lot of um, historical stuff in it. Um, the the stars, the actors themselves. There's there's Chadwick Boseman, and then honestly, the other dudes, I do not know their names. But these are their faces are certainly recognizable. They've been in other Spike Lee movies. They got that one guy in the movie, uh, or they, they got the one guy that's that's from The Wire, and he's in a bunch of movies, and he always goes, shit, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about, he's he's one of the main guys in that movie, and um, he does drop his classic, shit, uh, in the movie too, so um, that's not a spoiler alert, because you don't know when it happens so it's not a spoiler rather so like I'm not I'm not Siskel and Ebert or anything like that but I just wanted to give um props to to that movie um just because I'm all about anything that is going to tell our stories in um in a way that I feel is authentic and um you know, I, I feel like uh, between Spike and Ava, I mean, it doesn't really get any more authentic than than that. So um, great movie. Again, it's called the Five Bloods. This is not a paid advertisement, although it should be. <laughs> uh, but if you're if you're just looking for it looking for something to do and uh, and uh, want to learn and be entertained at the same time, um it's a it's a great movie to watch. Oh, and also, I just want to mention another reason why I really like that movie is probably because of my dad. Um, he's an army guy. I, I'm actually an army brat. Um, my dad is a is a retired sergeant major of the army. Um, he's actually my hero. And although he did not serve in the Vietnam War, he's he's from that era. He always tells me he uh, was just he he actually enlisted and he was about a few months shy of. Uh, having to, um, go fight. And, um, luckily he didn't have to, if, if my dad had to go, had to go to war, specifically the Vietnam war, I'm not sure how my life would have turned out. i not saying that your, your life turns out if you've had a parent in war, definitely not saying that. But, um, I mean, that was, that was, a that was a deadly war. I mean, well, all wars are deadly, but that was just, that was just a brutal war. And, um, It really took a toll on a a lot of people. So uh, anyway, shout out to my pops. Okay, guys, so we are back to the only chip in the cookie podcast. And today uh, we are going to be talking about being the only chip in the cookie at school. Um, Later on, we will be joined by a good friend of mine, Coach Jay and uh he will be our coach Jay will be our very first guest on the pod and uh we are gonna go back way back back into time just kidding that's a that's a black street reference Um uh, but anyway we're just gonna go back a little bit and talk about those days that um talk about those school days <laughs> another spike lee film uh this just, just you know uh, coach Jay and i are are two two uh, folks that even though we grew up in different different parts of Iowa, um, we both um, grew up in towns or or went to school in in towns or communities where we were one of few black students either in school or or in uh, in in class. And so Coach Jay and I we talk a little bit about our experiences. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, most of the stuff that we talk about are probably some of the more Difficult aspects of that lifestyle. Um, you know, certainly growing up wasn't all bad, but um, but yeah, I we, we we certainly talk about um, some of the uncomfortable moments that come with uh, experiencing being the only black kid in class. Uh, before Coach J joins us, I will share with you guys a little bit about my experience in school. So, like I said. I am, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of an, arm, an army brat. Um, my, uh, my father was in the military for 21 years. Um, my mother was a civil Well, she's technically a veteran, too. She served um, for, uh, for a little bit. But, uh, uh, you know, so for lack of a better phrase, my mom was, was a civilian. Um, my dad was in the army, made a career, career out of it um, uh, he, he moved around a lot. Sometimes we would go with him. Sometimes we couldn't, uh, depending on where he went. He did two tours in Korea. He was in Honduras, um, Germany, all, just all kinds of places. And, um, they were, uh I, I forget the the military term for it, but we just, we just couldn't go with him. So when we could not be with my father, we would come back to Iowa where my mother is from and you know depending on what apartment complex we rented or or, you know where we where we landed um, you know I was either going to the suburb school which aka all white um, or we would live in a school district that uh, belonged to the um, you know, the city of Des Moines. So the Des Moines public schools, um, and those experiences, um, actually provided a lot of, uh, diversity as far as, uh, you know, as far as school. Um, but my, my first experience with, with really being the only chip in the cookie and actually my first time even hearing that phrase was in kindergarten and, uh, uh, when I was in kindergarten, again, I went to a school where uh, I was the only black kid in class. Um, this was a K through second grade elementary school, I think. And so, if I had to guess, there were probably maybe, maybe six black people in the entire elementary school. Uh, my cousin being being one of them, and Uh, He was in first grade, I was in kindergarten, but even back then, even um, as youngins, we had some unique challenges. Um, My cousin was really into sports and sometimes as a first grader, he might have to fight a kid, right? Because he wouldn't let him uh, play soccer uh, on the soccer field or or something. Or sometimes um, my cousin would kind of stick up for me if uh, if I happened to be. Bullied or, or or made fun of because of the color of my skin. Um, one thing though that really stands out to me with and again this is this is kindergarten. Um, kindergarten was actually the first time that I had ever been called or heard the N word. Okay, so let's 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 pause for a second. Kindergarten. Some of you listening, I'm sure, have kindergarteners or children that are going to be in kindergarten or children that have experienced kindergarten. So, you know, that's such a, such a delicate age, right? We're talking what ages, um, um, five, five and six, I think. And, uh, yeah, I remember, um, these two little, two little asshole kids, uh, thought it would be funny to call me that name and laugh. And at the time I had no idea what that word meant, but I knew it didn't feel good and um you know it's it's something that that still kind of uh, uh sits with me today you know as you know i've got kids of my own and i it makes me wonder um what kind of things that they might be experiencing in school so um uh so yeah and i you know after kindergarten again it was one of those one of those times where we um packed up and and uh, the whole family moved to another army base and um uh, anytime I anytime we were on a military installation, it was always fine. always, always diverse. Um, so never really had any problems outside of Iowa. Um, fast forward. i'm I'm back in Iowa. Now I'm around third grade. I'm in I'm in Des Moines schools. Um, everything is great. Um, had a lot of friends that were Asian, African, black, white, all over. This continued into middle school. My middle school was, was very diverse. My middle school was actually connected to a high school in Des Moines, uh, Hoover High School, and Hoover High School at the time was the most diverse high school in the state of Iowa. Um, something interesting happened my freshman year of high school. Uh, which would have been 1999 and my um, just before that my family had moved to uh, another suburb that uh, the school district of that community was the same one that I had gone to way back in the day in kindergarten right so I had to attend this white school all over again. Um, I actually didn't really think anything of it because by this time I had so much experience going to a diverse school and being around a diverse group of people that, um, you know, I didn't really think about the challenges that, that lie ahead. Man, uh, freshman and sophomore year that, that was, I won't necessarily say it was rough, but, um, you know, being one of the few, black kids in the school so if there are a thousand students in the school there were maybe 20 maybe 20 kids that were either black or mixed with black that went to the school and it did not take long for me to realize that whether good or bad someone was going to treat me differently because of the way that I looked um, and I experienced everything from, you know, in, in gym class, the, the gym teacher would say, okay, you can play basketball, you can jump rope, or you can do archery or whatever, you know, and you, you, they would lay out these activities for you to do. And I can't tell you how many times, um, especially when I first started going to high school, that kids would say, I got Larry just first, before, before, before I could even declare that I wanted to play basketball. You know, I would, I they would, they would select me first. But here's the kicker, yo. <laughs> I didn't learn how to dribble a basketball mm-hmm. until I was like 25. <laughs> so, um, you know, I used to ask myself, why do these guys always pick me first to be to play basketball? I I don't even really like sports like that. Um, but then also, um, and also too, I'll, I'll say that that being being black at that school, people wanted to be down. They wanted to be down with the cool black kid, right? And I totally loved it until, of course, you know, the line would get crossed. You know, you're hanging out with, with your homies and, um, you know, they're not they're not censoring themselves, right? When you're listening to music and the N-word comes on. Or uh, they would make jokes that, that they assumed that I would be cool with the making because we're cool, right, bro? Hey bro, we're cool, right? Um, So just just you know, lots of awkward moments like that. Um, Things never really got super contentious for me, but um, there were there were two things that happened from my it it, from my experience at high school that told me, all right, I got to get out of this school asap. Um, One I recall being at a restaurant. we were—I was with a group of friends. We were going to the winter formal, and we're we're at a restaurant. We're eating dinner, and probably about kitty corner from us, there's a group of racist mm-hmm. white boys that I went to high school with. That um, someone said, someone yelled, "Hey, Larry!" And I look up, an old boy took his napkin, poked a couple holes in it, and then he held his napkin uh in like the diamond shape so that the point was the point of the napkin, you know, picture it being a square, the point was was up, putting up. And he and he puts this napkin mask that he made and puts it over his face, basically resembling a Ku Klux Klan member. And this person did it um in the whole in front of the whole entire restaurant. Um and uh, you know, in front of my group of friends. And there were six of us at the time. It was, m- my date happened to be a black person. Um, and uh, we were with four other white people. And it was just, it was just a total, um, total buzzkill. I remember it it, it sucked. And I, I remember I just kind of sat there and just kind of rolled my eyes and ignored it. But, um, you know, looking back, honestly, um, part of me wishes I would have stood up and decked dude in the face. Um, I didn't do that. And we all know if I would have done that, uh, that probably could have altered my life forever in, in a not so positive way. Um, so that was pretty contentious. Um, I had another incident where, um, some, some dude was, he accused me of doing something. I don't even remember what it was. If uh, um, but he had accused me of something. I had told him I was not responsible for whatever it was that he thought that I did, and he said, um, "I know it was you, and if it wasn't you, I'm going to ask every single one of you ends until I I get down to the bottom of this." And that was probably the first time in my life that I. Really got chest to chest with somebody. That was my sophomore year. I got chest to te- chest with this dude, and I don't even remember what I said to him. But I totally blacked out. And the thing about me is, I am not a contra- confrontational person. Um, I, I've never been in a fight. Um, you know, I'm not a not a big guy. I'm. I'm five nine and um i've always been a little little scrawny little stick i'm a little little thicker now in my mid-30s but um i'm still kind of scrawny actually but uh that was the first time i actually got chest chest with somebody on some try me kind of stuff you know and uh, uh you know nothing happened the kid actually walked away which is crazy because he was bigger than me he could have he could have washed me easily but but he walked away um uh yeah, those are those are some of the contentious experience, experiences that I had. I, I had a, uh, I had weird things with um, with teachers mm-hmm. um, assuming certain things um, about me and and uh, maybe not giving me the respect or the attention that I needed. Going to school now, these are educators that we're talking about. Um, yeah, uh, you know, and I I tell some of these stories in um in my conversation with uh, with Coach Jay, so. You'll we'll hear a little bit more about that as the podcast rolls on. So, um, anyway, again, I really appreciate you guys for for tuning in to our first episode, our first real official episode of the Only Chip in the Cookie podcast. And I'm so excited to um, introduce you guys to a good to my good friend Coach Jay. Um, we, we call him Coach because uh, well, he is a coach and he has an awesome. Uh, a basketball program that's available to folks here in Iowa or, or the Des Moines, the Des Moines area. Um, so I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing, um, uh, uh, this conversation that, that we had and, uh, you know, it's a somewhat of a short convo, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So, um, thanks a lot. And without further ado, here's Coach Jay. Yeah. Welcome back to the
1: Only Chip in the Cookie podcast. We are witnessing something great. Actually, we're not witnessing. We are experiencing something incredible right now, something historical, something groundbreaking. We have our very first guest on the show. It's another it's another chocolate chip. <laughs> it's another two chips in the cookie. Um this uh this gentleman certainly has his own experiences and his own uh uh stories about being the only tip tipping the cookie. So uh everybody give a round a warm round of applause to my man, Coach Jay, the Sensei. What's going on,
2: Coach Jay? What's up man? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. <laughs> I always wanted to get hit somebody with my Jay Z joint. I'm hey, doing good. Man. How are you?
1: A fellow, a fellow, fellow ho fan, of course, of course. Yeah. I'm do, I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. Um, man, thanks a lot for uh for joining the podcast, Coach Jay. You are our very first uh first guest on the show, man, and and I appreciate that.
2: It's <laughs> such an honor, man. That's <laughs> all. Actually, I listened to your show, bro. I listen I listened to that. Uh, first episode, man, and I just smiled the whole time, bro, because, man, I just smiled, man, I just, I thought, I think you're dope, man, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I, I'm excited to be here.
1: Man, I, I really appreciate that, Coach Jay. um, so, Coach Jay, so, today, man, we're talking about situation, we're talking about school, actually, right, and, and today, we're talking about being the only black kid in class. Or being one of the few black kids in in the school when it's black History Month, and uh everybody wants to look at you and all that stuff um you grew up in a small town in Iowa right I did yeah Keokuk. tell us tell us about tell us about Keokuk
2: man Keokuk is uh Man, it's it's a little it's a little more diverse than people think. Yeah. Um but not enough. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you know, my my experience growing up there was uh overall, man, I mean, obviously I got a lot of family members and good people I love there, but uh there are some things that happen, bro. Uh often, man, that um people acted like didn't happen, you know. We just happened to live right on the border of Missouri too. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you could just drive across the bridge, and uh, Missouri's right there. And also, if you drove across the bridge in Illinois, um, Carthage, I think uh, Warsaw. I I think I I know it's Carthage and Warsaw, but it's counties. Um, They were sundown towns. Have you you ever heard of that?
1: Um, Enlighten me, my brother.
2: Yeah. So a sundown town is a town who has an ordinance that if you're black. And you're caught in that town when the sun is down. Um, see, so you could be arrested. Um, you could be harmed. Whatever it is, a wow. no black ass better not be in that town when wow. the sun's down. And uh, I think Carthage. It was 2008 when that was finally removed. Um, and maybe. And, and see, I didn't know that back then. I didn't know that. I didn't know what a sundown town was. I figured figured out was an adult. What the story was back then, for like that was told to us, like black kids by our families. Yeah. Don't have y'all's ass over there after dark. Right. Like get get y'all's ass home. Right. Like, get on home, man. Like so you can't be over there. That's Not crazy. Yeah. That's um, crazy. I
1: you know what man I I had a feeling you were gonna say something like that with with sundown. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Man. So, did. Any of that, did you ever have any tense moments um, in school because you were so close to communities that had those types of reputations?
2: Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there were kids in our school who were blatantly racist, and some of them's parents uh, had a lot of influence. Um, within our schools or within our communities. Um, so, you know, and, and when that happens, bro, you kind of feel helpless. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: to one day, I mean, that's one part of it. To one day walking out of school and my cousin's car has nigger spray painted all over it and the windows busted. Dang. Yeah. Now, I don't. I mean, I probably this is probably a dumbass statement to make, but I don't know what he had done. Or if he had done anything, but why? Why nigger? Like right. why? Yeah. Why? Like why all that, man? hmm
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's crazy how uh people can just let that fly so freely. It's like yeah. wow, you know. And it's, it's it's some people just just have a license to hate, like yeah, like it's just. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, you know, I kind of um so the actually the first time I was called a nigger uh was in uh at school in mm. a situation where, you know, I was the only uh only black kid in class and definitely you know, not many black folks in in the entire school. And I was waiting for um uh the bus and these two kids they're white and they were laughing and pointing at me and one of them said it he pointed at me and he said it and i was in kindergarten i didn't know what that word meant but i could tell that it was that it was just different i could tell that it was even different from any other swear word that i had heard you know what i mean when it just I- felt like it, huh? Yeah, you know, like wait, wait, what? Like it was weird, and then like, and the weird thing too is like, I automatically felt like isolated, kind of like when they just singled me out and called me that. Like it was, just, it was weird.
2: Um, and that was the moment you felt different.
1: Yeah, mm. like right, right there, bam, six years old, five or six mm. years old. I was in kindergarten. I was always one of the. Only black kids, and I always got called the n word so did you ever have any weird um situations with uh, with teachers maybe treating you differently because you're black
2: yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. I had a prin- I had a principal in middle school who had just moved to Kecup, and I was like, maybe I was in the sixth grade or seventh grade, but you know I always had I, I got along with everybody, bro. Like I was like I was fun to be around. Like you was gonna laugh, we was gonna like crack jokes, like mm-hmm. it was just gonna be cool, man. Like when gonna be like when nobody gonna have no beef, when nobody be mad at each other, like we just we kicking it, man. Yeah. And so and I was just naturally like a leader, like I talked to everybody, man. So I kinda I kinda pulled different people together. hmm Like people that wouldn't normally hang around each other, got a chance to hang around each other because I was hanging with this person. But I also hung with that person. So then this person and that person would be there together, and then they would be cool, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this dude came into our school, and within a week, bro, had called my parents in the school and told them that I was a leader. I was trying to be a leader of a gang. I was trying to start a gang at school. Bro, the
1: same thing happened to me. It's crazy. The same thing happened to me in elementary school it was it i it it was the same thing it was it was me and i and I was unifying like like it started with me, an Asian boy and a white boy right and we were just like this this trio of friends and then we just kind of pulled together all these kind of like misfits and mm-hmm. and uh and we had this little crew you know it we were called the kumo D's. I came up with the name. I came up with the name, and um, and what does the
2: D stand for,
1: uh, dude? It I, I just dog my my, my, <laughs> uncle, my uncle my uncle was listening to to LL Cool J and Kumo cool D at the time, so Kumo mm-hmm. cool D sounded cool to me, and I used to call myself LL Cool T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting get to eat through Hollywood right now. <laughs> No, but dude, dude, one time, man, I'll I'll never forget, man, I was in fifth grade and I got pulled in from recess and the freaking, not even my fifth grade teacher, but the other fifth grade teacher freaking reamed my ass and uh, said something about, you know, I heard you have a gang. Tell me about your (laughs) gang. Is there an initiation? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know. Yeah, we all
2: got on Puma and Cadillac with.
1: Suit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, we, we you know, we were uh,
2: Kangos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and blue blocker shades.
2: <laughs> right. man. <Yeah. laughs> the aviator joint. But like, isn't, isn't that crazy, man? How like if it's a group of white kids hang out, that's what I learned. Like, yo, so like, is it just because there's a large number of us together? But like when the, all the white kids hang out together, it's just a group of kids having fun. A if there's a tie. group of kids, yeah, if there's a group of kids hang out together that are different color skin. And there could be white people in the group too, but now all of a sudden it's a game. Yeah. A posse. A posse, right? Yeah. So like but then like so <laughs> maybe this is a silly comment, but <laughs> so in the white group, if there's just one black person, then it's the token black person. Yep. And if yeah. there's two, does it now move into a gang?
1: <laughs> like right. Like the two
2: jump the number up. Well is it now infiltrated?
1: So <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that might depend on the zip code.
2: <laughs>
1: you know. It was all
2: you know what though? So how old are you, Larry? I'm thirty five. So 35 to 40, which is similar age range. So, like, if you're getting that from your teachers and administrators Mm -hmm. and you live up in this way and I'm getting that from my teachers and administrators, wouldn't you imagine, like, and this just clicked in my head, like, isn't that being trained somewhere? It's totally systemic.
1: Yeah, of course. (laughs) Dude, I remember – yeah, another incident i had with a teacher um it was my it was my first day of school of my sophomore year in high school it was speech class uh i actually even remember this teacher's name i remember her first and her last name and i don't know why but after class like the bell rang ding 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 time to go uh we all get up to leave and she goes larry larry I stop, I turn around like, what, me? Okay. And uh, she looks at me, she pulls me close, and she says, I don't want any shit from you this year, okay? And I'm, like, looking at her like, w- what are you talking about? I mean, I had never even heard a teacher, like, cuss or anything like that, and I'm like, what did what I do? <laughs> what grade yeah. was this, bro? What, what grade was this? Yeah. Uh, uh, this was 10th grade. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, this would have been, uh, the year 2000.
2: And had you ever interacted with that teacher before?
1: Dog, it was my first day of school. Wow. I had never seen this. Um, yeah. I I mean, dude, there was no reason. And the thing is, like, I went to a school. So that school, I mean, you know, it's, it's an, it's an affluent, you know, community, that kind of thing. Um all white and if it was like if you were black in that school district you were either adopted you were Mm. you had um a white parent or you lived at the um youth shelter at the ymca and you got bused to the school right and you know a lot of those kids had um had, you know, turmoil and stuff like that, that they're dealing with, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, they're kind of, they, they're going through some mental health kind of things. And so they're, they're acting out more. Right. So it's like, okay, there's already not a whole lot of us, but the few of us that are here, some of us have those types of backgrounds where, you know, I, I honestly think that she, well, obviously it was on some racist stuff, you know, first and foremost. Um, Yeah. But i mean i I don't know, man, I don't know if she if she tried to lump me in with with like a troublemaker or what, but yeah it was it was crazy, it's crazy. did you ever feel like kind of like the cool kid?
2: yeah, I felt like a I felt like a cool kid, yeah, but when it came to like having opportunities like you know, bro, I was a good basketball player, man, and nobody would ever take the time um, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't get a chance to play playtil my senior year because you know that one of the counselors at the school when that new principal came in, when I was in middle school that said I was a gang leader was the varsity coach. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't get much of a chance. And here's the deal, bro. Like I was opinionated. I was a fiery kid. Like I was Mm -hmm. passionate when I played, but just coach me, man. Like, just like, just like why punish me for, uh, what one day is now my, I'm on a cusp. Is now my my fucking gift.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I had a gift, man, and and you like you used it against me. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, with my peer group, yeah, man. But with uh, teachers, um, or uh, coaches, um, even sometimes administration, man. Uh, I did not feel that way, man. I felt like there was a lot of efforts to make me feel less than. Yeah. Yeah, and there was some, and now it's not every teacher, man. I I shout out, man. I shout out to Mr. Wentz and the uh Miss Eccles. Uh, it was our first black teacher we had, Sylvia Eccles, mm-hmm. man. She moved to Kirkuk, and that was like, man, we I could, I can remember that, bro. Like she was in the hallway, was like, yo, yo, yeah. I mean, imagine that, bro. I get to high school, high yeah. school. It's the first time I had had a black teacher. Man, that's wild. Yeah. So high uh, school. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think mine was not quite high school. Maybe seventh grade though. Sometimes I would get like a certain type of attention. I feel I feel like because I was black, dude. When you're like fourteen, fifteen, like you know, I was feeling like Will
2: Smith.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Then you have these moments where you. Might kind of fall into like that whole token situation, you know? What yeah, I mean? absolutely. Because then they yeah. get, like, you can't, kind of you
2: can't sugarcoat it. that. It's, it's hard to say it, but you can't sugarcoat that. I've had those moments too, bro. Yeah, had those moments too, bro. Because I did, I, I danced that line myself. Like, I like I had friends whose parents were very wealthy, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I got to go like hang with them and see different sides of, of life. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I I hear you, bro. I, I had I had some tap dance shoes on.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you get older, and then you're like, oh, why did I do that? Or right, right. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know
2: though, man. You know though, man. It's 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 it's. I think it's just another like symptom that happens from the system that you know that we're surrounded by or that we're in. It's not. It's not what we really want to do. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to do that, man. But man, if I, I want to, like, I want to get ahead. Like, I don't want to. I don't to feel like I'm left out. I want to be behind. Like, I, I see more for myself. Like, yeah. Is just what more really means. Am I supposed to, like? Do I need a big house? Like, do I need like? Is that what more really? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna fit in. Yeah. Yeah. I fit in. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: It's crazy how, um, you know, when you are kind of in those situations, like how you have like this, like this dual consciousness. You know what I mean? It's like you, of course, you feel more comfortable being yourself, but you're, you're aware of things that you can do that'll either, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you, 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 you want to be yourself, but at the same time you adjust your, you adjust your, maybe your mannerisms or, or your tolerance levels for certain things. Um, you know, to, to. What
2: well, you're to doing that with, you're trying that to like, world. huh? Yeah. You're trying to gain something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. you're
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh Absolutely. my goodness. So, uh, so, so, so tell me, what, what does a, what does a young, a young brother that's, that's, uh, living in a town with not a whole lot of brothers, what, what did he do for fun? You were into basketball? Obviously. Yeah. Tell me about yeah, basketball. Yeah, about in the game.
2: Man, it just, is, man, I've always had a ball in my hands, bro. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, from jumping up and, I mean, from, making uh rolling up socks and shooting in a nerf hoop because i lost my nerf ball or like i you know those balls you like you get bored and you start plucking the little foam out of them mm-hmm. so i'd tear my ball up i had to use socks wherever to <laughs> finally being able to hit the door frame to i mean my house my house was always the spot bro whenever anybody came to my house to play basketball like i had the uh back then it was a seven foot jammer it was a dr day D- dr j like seven foot hoop and this was like space age back then, bro. And everybody used to come to the house on the side of the yard <laughs> and we would play. And then uh, one day my aunt, she broke it. She was out there, everybody was drinking, having fun. And she was like, went to dunk it and it like broke the pole. So Jeez. I ended up fixing it with duct tape because I would to get rid of that joint. Uh, <laughs> finally, we got one of those like real hoops that had the wheels on it that you can yep. like push in and pull out. Yep. And I used to, the garage was in the alley. So We put just enough water in it so it wouldn't tip over. Right. And then we would drag. Yep. Pull it halfway up the alley, bring it around half of the block to the street, to the front of the house. We move the cars, and we would get it in, bro. (laughs) We'd get it in, man. We'd lower the hoop. We'd play some dunk games, and we'd raise it. and play some real games. So basketball has always been there, man. And usually in the picture was uh, my friend Sean, my friend Craig. Right. You know, there's other people that kick... you know there obviously a lot of people kicked it with us man it's from Byron to Adele, to, uh Jason, Derek, Luke, Adam, Dan, I mean like it was it was always somebody else with us man we was always kicking it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And Courtney. then
1: so now obviously as as an adult now you've you've transitioned into uh the coaching side of things, right? So yeah. I, I know a lot of people from around here um know you from uh, uh various uh coaching endeavors. So you've coached some guys that that I've that you know, have, have played for uh some of, I know for a fact for some of our uh state schools.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yeah. uh men and women. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most times, yeah, on both sides absolutely. Yeah, I've been fortunate, man. And you know it's funny a lot of people they say, Man, you you know, you you helped those kids get there, and you did this, you did that. Like, man, to be honest with athletes like that and people who are dedicated to their craft like that, I end up learning more from those from those kids and I think I'm teaching them. Yeah, yeah. You got great players that come along, man, they they all demand something different of you. Yeah, and they have their own personalities and you, you got to adjust a little bit, man. And, mm-hmm. You know, you just try to help them enhance wherever they are. So, I I've, I've learned so much more from them.
1: Yeah. You know, I peeped the uh, peeped the Facebook a little bit earlier today and oh, I, I I saw this awesome video and uh, I know I know later on we're going to tell people where to find this video, but uh, I saw this awesome video that uh uh had a little something to do with uh, your 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 latest endeavor, the uh, the dojo ball. Can you can you tell us a little bit about this?
2: Yeah, um, so it's, it's called the dojo. Uh, the dojo. I wanted the website to uh, to be the dojo, but somebody already had that, so we did the dojo b ball.
1: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so
2: people okay. at least have some context to what it's uh, you know, picture, uh the martial arts, uh, kung fu. Gung fu, I think it's more gung fu than kung fu mm-hmm. uh, studio. And, you know, there's students in there just, uh, fighting the air, uh, just working on how their body moves and their breathing and uh, mastering those simple movements, man. And, uh, there's no focus on who's the greatest right now or who's beating who or any of that stuff, man. It's just, uh, complete competition with yourself. And, uh, how can you be max out who you are? in um, your skill sets, and uh, from that, man, the creative things can kind of happen once you get that base up underneath you. Um, so I wanted to have a place where I could, where that can be taught, bro. And uh, you know, it's different. You know, I coach basketball, and I do team stuff, and I do practice stuff, and I do individual stuff, and I do camp stuff. And this is just going to be a different platform for people to be able to come and uh, just really zone in and uh, focus in on, you know, the game and just their skills. Um, so yeah that's the dojo um,
1: and so is it a coach jay is it is it uh youth that you're coaching
2: yeah so youth middle school high school and then uh, i have pros too i have uh, some pro clients too, um, that are part of the dojo and uh, we also do some kind of a fun part is uh, we do the dojo pro basketball uh pickup games and i invite a bunch of pros and uh high-level college uh, players that are around the area, um, you know, women are in welcome, too. And uh, they come play two two mornings a week, and uh, we call them sparring sessions. These guys work out every day during the week, um, and they need to have opportunities to be able to work on some of the stuff that work on in-game, live time, some of the stuff they've worked on uh, just in skill settings. So, um, yeah, we do that, too.
1: So that's that's tight, man. That's tight. I I didn't realize uh, um, that you uh, had college and, and pros um, with you too. So
2: yeah, they're um, on my where, testimonial page, family. <laughs> <laughs> where
1: where where is the where is the dojo?
2: Right now, it'll be at sixty ninety five North East Industry Drive in Des Moines, South Ankeny, basically, but the Kingdom Hoops building. The Kingdom Hoops program is ran out of, and uh, where Iowa Gym Rats hosts all their tournaments as well. Okay.
1: Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, um, and then and people can go to to a website, right, and and sign up for uh, training sessions and or or
2: sports yeah, sessions. Yeah. So yeah, www. D o j o, Dot com. Um brief uh, thing, at the dojo, we focus on three skills, it's footwork, ball handling, and IQ. Uh, we try to master or focus in on five disciplines, it's physical, mental, emotional, intangible, and communal. And then we uh, try to locate and uh, make ourselves aware of any hindrances and try to remove those. And there are five Um and that is sensory desire, ill will, dullness, restlessness, and self-doubt, or just doubt. Um yeah, and then we just use basketball as a skill to work on those things.
1: Awesome. That's dope, man. I man, I it yeah, I went I went to the website, um, I went to your Facebook page, man, and uh your Instagram. Um uh, loved loved what I saw man and of course I've been I've been uh uh I, I've seen you coach for for quite some time now uh but it's just it's just great seeing this particular plan come together man I love I love the way that uh you're you're teaching the game um I like how uh I like how you're you know bringing this uh uh this 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 different side to it you know you're kind of you know um bringing more of a uh, different type of intellect you know to to the to the game and, and focusing on uh, basketball iq and things like that and i think that's dope i think it's unique and um i think it's going to get a lot of a lot of kids energized and i think you're going to make a lot of help, help develop a lot of really dope athletes man
2: i appreciate that brother and i received that i received that blessing from your mouth
1: <laughs> yes sir yes sir um so, Coach Jay, man, how how can people find you, man? You're you're a you're an interesting cat, man. How, <laughs> man uh, where 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 can people go to find Coach Coach Jay?
2: Man, I'll be out here, fam.
1: i mean on social
2: uh, media. No, i mean, on social media. I know. I'll be silly i be, a, I be, a, I be a silly bro. I'll <laughs> be out here, fam, <laughs> uh, on my Blart mall mm-hmm. cop. Um, no, nah, man, uh, coach J say, uh, Instagram. Um, I gotta get my Twitter game up, bro. I don't mess with Twitter much, man. I probably yeah. should do better. Um, yeah, anyway, waste time. yeah, I agree. Uh, Julian say on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. I should tighten my LinkedIn up. I think that'd be a good idea. Um, for the dojo on LinkedIn. I'm Julian say as well. Um, that's really where I'm at. Oh, I'm on Snapchat. I do, I do Snapchat. I, I do Snapchat. Coach Jay say, or, uh, I think it's either Coach Jay say or Max Julian Rowe. I think it's Coach.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I don't even know what my Snapchat thing is either.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, it's, come check me out, man. Add me. I do more than, I talk, I talk more than basketball. I mean, I use basketball a lot of times to bring stuff home, but, um, I like having interesting conversations. Come holler at your boy. So what y'all
1: got to understand about Coach J is Coach J um you know hey for for lack of a better phrase Coach J kind of reminds me of like the Black Phil Jackson. <laughs>
2: um
1: so you got to you got to you know my man he's got the meditation down, the breathing down and just kind of combining that with the basketball stuff is really dope. And if you follow him on Instagram, you'll see that his posts are really like works of art. You know, um, they're all, they're all pretty dope. It's kind of hard to describe, but, but you gotta, you gotta check them out. So, and definitely, um, te- check out the dojo. Um, and if you are here in Iowa, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's local. Go to the website, sign your kids up for, uh, for some training. So, um, all right. Well, coach, J, thanks a lot, man, for joining us. I, I really appreciate you taking some time to, uh, to hang out with me and, uh, making it so that I wasn't the only chip today, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We made history. You're our first guest. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I appreciate on. you, man. such an honor, bro. I I love you, dude, man. I'm so glad that we are – I don't even want to say picking up where we left off at, man. I mean, we've always, when we talk, man, our ideas and our forward thinking, everything just bubbles to the surface, bro. But uh, I think we're in a new stratosphere, man, and uh, I look forward to just being connected even more, bro. I appreciate you, man.
1: Hey, man. Hey, I love you too, bro, and I feel the same way, 100%, man. So this is – this this is this has been great, bro. And uh hey, I, I i can't wait to do it again, man. You gotta you gotta come back, man. You gotta come back on, all right?
2: Cool, man. I'm, I'm back. All I gotta say I gotta do it. <laughs> all
0: right, man, peace. And just like that, our first podcast is in the books. I wanna thank our guest, Coach Jay, for stopping by. Uh and thank you, the listener, for listening to the Only Chip in the Cookie Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Larry from Iowa. Thanks for joining. Hey, this is Larry from Iowa, host of the Only Chip in the Cookie podcast. And hey, if you enjoyed what you heard, please consider donating. Uh, we want to take the podcast to another level. We'd love to invest in some better microphones and some mixing equipment and uh, computers and stuff like that. So uh, please consider donating to the Cash App link below and uh we look forward to delivering even better content content to you guys thanks